This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping out the rest of the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bitch. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend I'll Let's get it on the road. One Nation Sports, One Nation Sports, One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd. And thank you for listening. SocialSuperLights.com. BWB, what's up? This is Wale, and this is One Nation Radio. Yeah, I know. Welcome to the August 27th edition of One Nation Live. James, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Not too much. Just uh, just saw a, you know, a train wreck of a match actually looked like something resembling a traditional boxing match, which I, I mean, I really thought I was going to see you know, clown shows and, Hol- and Homie the Clown and Krusty the Clown, but that didn't really happen. You, you know, know, you know. Actually, I pulled out my ass. I didn't was actually planning on saying Homie the Clown, Krusty the Clown, thinking that one's white and one black, but that it actually happened. It just popped up. How about that? Amazing. Uh, yeah. Everybody that um, that thought uh, Conor McGregor was going to win, I just have one question for you: What the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> Um, well, yeah, um, last night was the, go ahead. No, go ahead, you, you go ahead, my bad. I was say, uh, last night was the, uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, mega super fight of the century, uh, you know, came at a perfect time for this country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, you know, the, the racism overflowed, uh, or, like, the overflowed the cup, over, or what was yeah, it, the cup, it, the cup runneth? No, his cup runneth over. Yeah. Okay, exactly. the cup runneth over, over with racism and all types of problematic shit throughout the build. Uh, but I, if, I if, if, if racism were a strip, then America would have iodine poison in the words of Pimp C. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I thought it was a very entertaining fight. Um, I watched it with uh, I was with Marcus and Alex and Shaw. And we were just uh, sitting there kicking it, listening to, uh, you know, everything that was going on with it and watching. And it seemed like I thought McGregor equated himself pretty well for a guy that has never done this before. Earned a lot of respect in my eyes. But at the same time, he earned that ass whooping as well. Uh, I think we should go right to the finish. Um, There was a stoppage in the 10th round. I predicted a stoppage in the 8th. Uh, because I felt like McGregor would no longer be able to defend himself after set fatigue. And then, you know, just after a while, bruh, that water gets real deep and you will drown. And what happened? Um, the, the stoppage, James. I, I know when I watch fights with you, you advocate for folks to stop it, like, immediately. Like, when, when dudes yes. get in trouble. What did you make yeah. of this stoppage? And then what do you make of the people saying this is bullshit? It shouldn't have been stopped that early. Okay. I would say that McGregor lost seven straight rounds. So, right. like, he lost seven straight rounds and was looking less impressive as the time went on because he, he became clearly exhausted. 
And, like, he, you know you're exhausted when you look more exhausted than LeBron after game two of the finals when he went and sat down <laughs> in that big ass chair. Like, he's just sucking wind uh, like he needed a gas mask out there. But, yeah, uh, it, it became clear to me in the – it didn't become apparent to me because I was watching on Periscope. Um, uh-huh. You know, like I said, I'm not – I wasn't going to pay for it. I was shot at all the millions of people that caught the match on Periscope. But off the Periscope – it became apparent to me that he was tired once we got about the time that, like, in a UFC championship fight, like, like the match would have been ended. Yeah. So, like, that, so like round nine is when you start saying, "Oh my God, he looks like he's almost drunk out there." <laughs> uh, it, yeah, you know, you know, in a UFC fight, a championship match that's twenty five minutes, and lo and behold, once you get once he got like past the twenty five minute mark, he hit a wall. Right. Um, uh, and I heard, I heard, uh, I've heard people say that you know, well, we've he, seen him be tired before. We saw him be tired and get tired in the uh, the, the first in both uh, Nick Nate Diaz matches. Um, the first one is when he ended up catching you know catching the tap out because he was exhausted because he emptied the tank. And then the second match, he was exhausted as well and he held on at the end and, re- and sort of hit a second win. Um, so I mean, I could see that maybe there was a chance for him to regroup, but. He clearly had punched himself out by being so busy in, in the beginning of the match. And, I mean, that had something to do with, you know, Floyd pretty much was like, yeah, I'm going to take you out here. To the, you, you're pretty good. Like, you're a decent swimmer. Let's see what happens when, like, you know, you're a, you're a mile off the coast. You know what I'm saying? You're past, you're past riptide and, like, you're just you out here with me. Right. We'll, we'll see. And he just couldn't tread water. Um, and But I will say that, like, he looked more technically proficient than I thought, than I thought he was going to. Um, he clearly was still like in, uh, I guess it's like a flip of uh, like a, for him, it's a bit like a, a button you press and get to that level of, uh, of, um, I don't want to say of like, uh, like you, of him, like focusing and locking in because how many times did like he, you know, he was in a situation where he had Floyd, you know, get down or, or duck down or whatever. And instead of, you know, him sitting there waiting for him to open up a bit or or close the distance or whatever, he basically gets to his back as if he's about to like you know what up Andre like, take to, like, like he's about to be a takedown right it, so it was a weird situation right um, a lot of those know, over the top uh, like, kind of hammer fist punches too yeah and the hammer fist punches what well, I was just getting into that yeah it's uh you know this is clearly this dude's first professional fight he's a professional boxing match he's used to you know being in a cage fighting another human being. Right. So with no shoes on, so uh, <laughs> toenails so, I mean, out. I, you know, I personally think Mayweather did his typical thing, and I think this is sort of what what sit what gets people into the Floyd thing all the time is like besides the fact that he has matches that are entertaining, is that he always starts very slowly in matches. I think he landed like six uh, six punches each in the first three rounds, the first three rounds apiece, respectively. Like so. He clearly did like it, to me. It wasn't that that Connor was impressive as much as it was Floyd just didn't do anything in the first three rounds. And mm-hmm. then by the time you get to the fourth, you're like, okay, I see where he's going to go. Like he's probably he's going to pepper him to death, and they're going to go to decision, and it's going to be and people will say, you know, this match is probably more uh, more entertaining than the than the Mayweather or not Mayweather the uh, Pacquiao match. Yep. And and a lot of the fact that you know by the time we got past like the fourth round. You start seeing Floyd coming forward and actually, like, you know, had him on his heels, which is, you know, sort of a rare thing watching Floyd, Weather, Floyd Mayweather matches for the past decade. To see him actually, like, be the be a, a bit of an aggressor 
and um at a certain and, and for a long stretch of a match. Like that was sort of that was sort of interesting. It was like, oh, okay. It's like if you saw like Shaq taking three pointers for, for like a first stretch of the game. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Something new. Obviously, obviously, obviously Floyd is more way more effective at like at that than than Shaq taking three pointers. But you get my point. It's like, huh? This isn't typically like your style. This is typically your steez, and you, you know you switch it up. Right, right. It's interesting to see. Um, I, I saw a lot of, you know, after the fight, all the excuses and the crying, you know, was, was going on heavily. So I just want to say to everybody that, you know, was talking all this shit about Floyd Mayweather was going to be knocked out and within four rounds and within one round and just, you know, if, if you thought Floyd Mayweather was going to win, I'd like you to call the show. You know, or excuse me, if you thought a McGregor was going to win, I'd like you to call the show and explain to us why. Um, well, I mean, one thing was apparent while watching the match. Well, I mean, besides like the obvious size difference was like the more the more alarming thing for the size difference was the reach difference for me. Like when Floyd actually like start coming forward in the in the fight, it was so hard for Floyd to get around all of that length to get somewhere to where he could actually trade on the outside with him. Mm-hmm. But like, but you would see because it wasn't, it wasn't like a succession of combinations that were landing. It was like get over these, get around these long ass arms, straight. Get around these long ass arms, hook. It was, it was, a, it was a struggle for him to trade. And I think you know, um, personally, me personally, I think you know Floyd didn't actually uh, at the end the finish of the match, as you say. Because it was a wrestling podcast. Yeah, it's a finish. Uh, <laughs> I think the ref stoppage was was due almost entirely because of how exhausted he looked. Like, you know, the thing for me when uh, when it comes to to airing on the side of stopping the fight is because if you can't defend yourself, only thing's gonna happen is just more drain damage, and that's not a typo. I didn't say I didn't say uh, brain damage <laughs> messed up on 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 accident. I said it on purpose. Drain damage. So right, <laughs> like so. The thing is, with me, is typically, you know, in that situation, you see guys get hit with a, with, with some offense, and you, they're clearly hurt, and then they can't defend themselves because they're just out on their feet, more or less. Right. Um, in this situation, he was so exhausted, he just couldn't defend himself. So, are you just going to let that dude get peppered with, with you know, for the next two rounds to just, change? Yeah, man. Once you can't defend yourself. Because you can't defend yourself? Like, no, stop the fight. Yeah, you, you got to save dudes from themselves. Most guys have heart. They don't want to, you know, lay lay down. You know, if they they want to fall on their own sword, essentially. Right. And and, I, and and that's cool because you know everybody wants to be a tough guy and everybody wants to you know uh, finish the job, if you will. But at the same time, like I said, like Floyd has just won seven straight rounds. It's over. Yeah. Looks like we got a call. Welcome to the show, Carlo. It looks like it's Young Boy Josh Smith. What's going on, Young Boy? Oh God, here we go. Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, what's, what's, what you got in mind, man? Hold on one sec, Josh. Let me let me make sure I got you on the outside of this because it is coming through the wrong I can, way. I can barely hear Josh. It's in my headphones. My that's why. <laughs> uh, 
Ah. So let me unplug that. That definitely wasn't Whoa. it. Josh. Can you hear me? No. Josh, can you hear me? Difficulties, Technical difficulties. Live show. I can hear you, but I only have you in my headphones. Give me one second. My God! Turn it down. Josh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys can hear me now? Yep, I can hear you. Nice. Yeah, so I was going to talk about the fight. Uh, I want to get a chance to call on you guys because I've never been uh, able to listen to the show live before. It's pretty cool. So, But uh, going going off of what uh, James said earlier, yeah, for the first three rounds of the fight, or at least four, uh, Floyd did carry Conor McGregor. <laughs> And by Kerry, I mean he threw less than six punches per round. Yeah, uh, he um, he definitely made it an exhibition uh, in a sense. Um, and I was just like, I was, I was like wondering when the fall off would happen for McGregor. It looked like you know the right hand to the body had a real effect on McGregor throughout the evening and looked like, okay, yeah. this is the thing that's going to break him down and, and turn him, you know, into mush essentially. I, I agree with that. I think the other thing that, that broke him down though, was the mental, the mental aspect of the fight mm-hmm. because Floyd, Floyd stood in front of him for the entire fight. Right. And he let Connor throw his biggest punches at him for the entire fight. And for the first four rounds, he was teeing off on him. And he just couldn't hurt him. Josh, as you were saying about, you know, you you didn't really think that uh, after that first four rounds, like McGregor, what, what yeah, did, he didn't really connect much. Well, it wasn't that, like, actually, surprisingly, I think Mayweather was surprised by it, too. His awkwardness did create some opportunities during those first four rounds where he was able to kind of counter Floyd. That's why Floyd's output was a little bit low. I think he was trying to tire out McGregor, but also just test him out and see what he could get away with in the in the early goings and there's a few times connor did catch him but connor couldn't hurt him uh paulie malinaji talked about it how connor's a great striker but he doesn't know how to leverage his power in the boxing ring and it was very apparent that he literally just couldn't hurt floyd with the strikes that he was landing and then the ones he was missing were the whole thing was just a disheartening uh you know ordeal for for mcgregor and i don't think it was so much even fuck i can't uh, hit him yeah. James? Yeah, I'm, one thing that was, that to me, I mean, obviously, you know, when people talked about the, the fact that they were going down in size for, for the ounce, for the gloves, um, people thought that this may have been an advantage towards a McGregor because the whole situation is you think, well, he really is, you know, only has a puncher's chance that you make the puncher – if you make the punch, you know, potentially more impactful, then you could po- uh, possibly uh, do something with Floyd. But it was clear to me that, like, that dude was not ready for having to have, I mean, effectively what must have felt like like cinder blocks on his hands by the end of the, by the closest end of the, of the fight. He uh-huh. just had to be exhausted. 
Like his, and his power was not nearly what I thought it it was in, in the UFC. Yeah, um, and I think I think they had to do with the gloves. Josh, I got you back on live. Uh, I'm just going to add to that. Like, I thought uh, it was an interesting stat that he landed 111 punches, but of those 111 punches, I don't really think he did too much damage at all. He had that uppercut in the first round. He may have gotten a body shot here or there, but a lot of that was like where those, you know, pity pat, like kind of like little flurries that he would throw together just to kind of run the numbers up, but he wasn't doing any real damage. Well, I will say I will say that he uh, his body punches were actually very impressive from my eye. Being a, a fight fan, I thought he should have gone to the body more because he was very effective there. Whereas his head strikes, he did not leverage his power properly, um, and it's something you can't learn in three months. Right, you just can't. It doesn't matter body, if you're a kung fu guy or what. To, to hit to the body is like a lifestyle. I feel like in boxing, like like you gotta you gotta commit to that. You ain't just gonna roll out of bed and um, be like, yeah, uh, I'm a handle on the body, you know. But what what uh, James was saying, what the interesting thing about it, if Floyd had on any level been afraid of Connor, he would not have let Connor wear those eight ounce gloves when he fought Marcos Maidana. He refused to let Marcos Maidana wear approved. 10 ounce gloves that were they were the mx everlast gloves and he said no you're not fighting with those because they don't have enough padding on the knuckles and he forced him to actually wear his grants that he picked out for him even though it was against the rule like he wasn't breaking the rules he said no nah, you're not wearing those or the fight's off right and then uh you know connor comes around he's like well let's wear eight ounce and floyd's like all right cool that's how you know that's how you know he didn't care <laughs> james you were saying yeah, like you were saying, you have the uh, the the boxing, or sorry, that uh, the body game like is a commitment. You have to commit to it. It's almost like you like the running games. Like you have to commit to it over and over and over. And the whole thing is that not it's not about results necessarily at the beginning. It's about <clears throat> results at the end after you know you have literally you know taken the air out of somebody over time. Right. Like it's all about it's all about just gra- gradualism. Yeah, um, I I would just uh, it, to close on this subject. And Josh, I don't know if you want to stick around or if you, if you just want to talk about that. But um, they made a whole bunch of money, um, <laughs> lots of it. They they trafficked race. They trafficked uh, boxing versus MMA. They trafficked all that stuff. And these guys were highly successful. Um, McGregor, you know, the future prospects to fight for him are there. I feel like if uh, if he wanted to. He could he could take a year to rebuild his his cardio into uh, you know what could be a potential uh, boxing career, um, but I think he, he the smarter move for him personally is the UFC route because you know that's already his game he's at the top with boxing it's literally a cash grab and eventually he would get exposed against like guys that are absolute killers I feel like Josh what, what say you. Did we lose Josh? Maybe we have. Maybe we have. Okay. I think we lost Josh. Or no. Hold on. Josh, are you there? Yeah. Okay, we got you now. Okay. What I was saying was that uh, essentially if Connor's smart, he'll never get in a boxing ring again. Even though he gave a great accounting of himself for what it was, um, 
essentially there's so many holes in in that game. He was so lucky that Floyd protected him because guys, whether we know that whether you know it or not, Floyd did protect him and really took care of him because Floyd could have killed that man if he really wanted to that <laughs> night. And I'm serious. I'm serious about it. And they are lucky that they stopped it as early as they did because the way Connor was complaining at the end, like, oh, I was just exhausted. I don't think he understands that you don't die in the ring most times. You die when you go to sleep later that night when you, they let you take too many punches. And that's what was happening. He couldn't protect himself. But the bottom line is if Floyd had fought the way Floyd normally would fight, a world champion boxer, or if a guy like Canelo or Triple G were in there with him, he would have – it would be worse than what it was right. last night. Like a, like this a, was the this is the best um, outcome he could have hoped for to look good going 10 rounds with an all-time great so he can still protect himself when he goes back into UFC. But he better not fight boxing again because he's he's not ready for it. And you can't learn it in this amount of time. And it doesn't matter how good his cardio gets. He doesn't have the skill set to do it at this stage of his life. Mm-hmm. James? Yeah. Um, so, in regard, I mean, I guess – I guess the only thing left to say is, like, you know, I made a shit ton of money. Congratulations. Um, they, they they conned every sucker into the in, into pay-per-view and into the building. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I think the next thing after this would be to sell snake oil and get the hell out of Dodge and go to the next town. But I, mean, I don't think they – but I think, I think they put on a good enough uh, fight that, you know, no one wants, really feels cheated other than people that had their expectations, you know, um, they thought they were going to see Floyd get yeah, knocked the fuck like, out or something. Yeah. Aside from that, like I mean, but that's typically every single Floyd match. Floyd is like the ultimate heel. I would um, I would be remiss but, if I uh, didn't mention that uh, Floyd Mayweather came to the ring wearing a fucking ski mask on you boys. And yeah, um, yes. speak, speaking of ski masks, uh, I wanted to I wanted to close the, the Floyd Mayweather um, McGregor thing because they made it like bandits both of them um, with with with, uh, with with lyrics from. Uh, one of me and Rich's favorite uh, rappers of all time. Um, his name is Jeezy. Money, 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 more money. You know me, I'm trying to stack it to the moon. Shit around my neck, yeah, shine like stars. Two chains, little dipper, big dipper. Desert Eag, yeah, I'm a big clipper. All about the Benjamins like Mike and Q. Thank you. That's, that's <laughs> money. That's more it. Money, more money. Oh, man. And that's right. what they did. They're, they have, they're on the way to the moon with all that money. Yes. Josh, you want to add anything in before we let you go? Nah, thanks for letting me call in. I'll, I'll, I'll join back the show. Thanks, guys. All right, man. All right. So, uh, moving forward, um, looks like we have to discuss NXT and SummerSlam. No, I'm laughing because I just thought about how, how Josh said you're going to give you your show back. I'm thinking, like, yeah. You know, said nope, no more this year. It's time to get our show back, Rich. <laughs> there will be there will be no <laughs> there will be no erasure. Wow, you will not replace us, Josh. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man, One Nation Radio. You can always come here. You can always come here for the riffraff. What's up? I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> you will not replace us, my God. Oh, man. Uh, so, NXT, uh, they, uh, Johnny Gargano, man, uh, let, let him know, James. 
He's the best. I, I, I think I did one on like a went off uh, last week, but yeah, he's the best. Um, oh yeah, you know, we talked about NC last know, week. We, we'll see what happens with his, with him in the future, um, and see what happens with like the next takeover, and you know if they where they position him on um, in NXT as a singles wrestler, and the time frame of when uh, Tommaso Ciampa comes back, so that he can get vengeance on that piece of shit. So um, we'll see. Yeah, um, so the SummerSlam card, James, what did you make uh, of this event? Uh, I wrote a whole review, and I did a show with uh, David Fenichel and Chad Matthews. What's up to those guys on uh, Lords of Pain Radio? And, um, you know, we we had a spirited discussion on uh, a couple of the aspects of the show, but overall thoughts on it, and, you know, I thought you had some uh, numbers prepared, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, my initial thought looking at it is... um like SummerSlam this year, and I, and I know you you typically say this because of generally what happens with the uh, the outcome in the main event. As far as uh, WrestleMania, typically if the babyface goes over in the main event, it sends the crowd on happy. And in SummerSlam, it's always something crazy and controversial for heat. Uh, so you always call it uh, SummerSlam um, Bizarro WrestleMania. Well, or heel town. Um, yeah. Well, in this particular situation uh, this year, it pretty much was like where WrestleMania was, it started out like gangbusters at the end and then cooled off towards, I mean, at the beginning. Uh, WrestleMania this year came out like gangbusters and then cooled off towards the end. Uh, SummerSlam pretty much started out ice cold and then heated up towards in the second half. So, like, if you were to look at this year, you say, all right, well, let's just watch the first half for WrestleMania. And then the second half of SummerSlam, you think, damn, WWE had a had a really good year as far as the two big shows. <laughs> no. But there was a but you know, um I I just think ultimately we're gonna have to we're gonna have to come back and uh come back and, and talk about whether or not WWE is, can justify having four hour pay per views on WrestleMania. Yeah. Um I think, I think we're be, I think into think where like it just, it's just too long to like the good stuff they're putting out. They put out good stuff on these shows, but it gets almost lost in all the vastness of all of this extra stuff that like just isn't good. It gets all lost. These shows it gets, are so long. It gets lost in the trash because like when you bring, um, <laughs> like when you bring it that that level of trash that you did in that first like you know eighty minutes or so, and then mm-hmm. you gotta just keep going. And it's like, no matter, like, unless you're having, like, a, a motherfucking, like, classic, classic, classic back-to-back-to-back, you're not going to erase that. Right. You you will not replace it. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, man. Yeah, I, you know, I thought, like, the first hour I was sitting there with you guys, Jeremy and Josh, and I was just thinking, my God, this is terrible i mean you know the first match you see uh, i mean i guess we'll get we'll get into it like where do you want to is there anything else you want to elaborate on card overall or you already said you know most of your piece on chad show i said a lot of it on chad show i think i think nakamura is like they they're obviously missing a i don't know why you would put him in that position to to lose like that uh especially you know if you're looking to protect this dude uh i I think it go ahead oh james froze 
um, I will I will carry the show until James unfreezes. Um, so John Cena and Baron Corbin, uh, when you look at the dream match that we got, um, it looks like that happened a couple weeks before. If we would have just stuck with John Cena versus Nakamura at SummerSlam, you could have done that and still sent Cena off onto Monday Night Raw and put somebody else in there for gender to pretty much, you know, pull his bullshit on. James, are you unfrozen yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah I okay. Agree. Um, like you could have put someone else in there for gender to uh, do his bullshit on, and it's consistently you know under three star, two star level matches for the world title. It's just unacceptable for me, and I think it's just bullshit that WWE continues to do this. I don't, I don't get it. I won't get it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little <clears throat> less, you know like doom and gloom than you but i'm still in the part where like it's, it's looking real gloomish out out this bitch um so for me you know i i think the main event is the thing that ultimately or the main event for smackdown of course i mean there are, there were two summer slams if you look at this card uh ultimately um and there was a smack there was a raw summer slam and it was pretty damn good and there was uh a sdl uh, SummerSlam, and it was pretty damn bad. Yeah. Um. So, but you know, the main event for for the SmackDown side, it was just you know, just unoriginal. Like maybe give us a different finish from a a regular rules gender match, maybe in a main event. Like, can we get like a low blow? Can we get like feet on the rope? Can we get like pull the tights? Uh, can we pull? Can we like get a foreign object in the top uh, that was pulled out the tights and use a strike? Um, can we get a you know a chair in the ring? And, so we're getting a call. And, and he pulls an Eddie Guerrero and he lays down uh, and like he got hit and the ref turns around and he sees Nakamura holding the chair. Can we get one of those? Looks like we got a call in from Simon. Uh, what's going on, Simon? Uh, basically, I'm going to bring you in and let you know when you when you're live on air, Simon. And okay. You, and go ahead. So right now? Yep, you're good, man. Oh, what's going on, man? Chilling, man. Welcome to the show. What, what brings you on, bro? Well, uh, I saw you talking about SummerSlam, and I just had to get my opinions of that waste of time. Uh, with, okay, let me re- rephrase. With exception to two matches, it was a waste of time. There we go. So, um, what, uh, what, what... Hold on one second. It looks like James wants to ask you something, Simon. One second. Yeah. Go ahead, James. So, so only two matches were worth a damn. So basically, it's like four, either four star matches or get the fuck out. Eight <laughs> reviews. I wouldn't be that. Wouldn't say something like that. But at the big four, yeah. Because I'm looking at all the pay per views right now, including WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble, and the Royal Rumble is still the best show that they've had this year. James. Oh, it absolutely is. Like, that's the thing. I mean, Rich, and I remember Rich at the time, he was very uh, frustrated with the end of Royal Rumble because, obviously, when you have uh, big when you have big match Roman, uh, you know, lose lose his title match at the start of the sh- or beginning of the show and then come out at 30, and then they did that to, you know, to make when he dumps out or make when Orton dumps him out, um, makes the, uh, the Royal Rumble winner... Uh, looked like it was a, like it was a smart choice. I can understand the frustration with that, but like you had 
a a really you had a, one of the better uh, Raw women. I'm sorry, one of the better uh, championship women's matches we uh, on pay per view that we ever had. You had um, you had two like literally two of the best. Are they the two best matches that we've had this year? Probably uh, the, the Owens and, and Roman match, and then the and then the AJ and Cena match. Are those two best matches we've had on? Probably, this year? probably on pay per view. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, obviously the the uh, the AJ match is the best match they've put on on the main roster, but the number, but you know, but like somewhere in like three, four, five, maybe even two, is the Roman um, match with Kevin Owens, and then the main event, like you know, obviously people have issues with the Orton thing or whatever, and then it looks even worse in retrospect. But at the time, like that was a pretty. I mean, it wasn't as good as 2016's Royal Rumble match, but it was a pretty good Royal Rumble match. Yeah, Simon. So yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's how I feel about it. Uh, like me personally, I particular I particularly like the AJ Styles John Cena match, the best like so far everything I've seen all year, and I've heard about the Pete Dunn match with uh, it was Tyler Bay right? I haven't I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, it's on the to do list. Yeah, watch that match. <laughs> And that's and that's also the UK stuff, but like that takeover match in Chicago, like that's probably the second best match I've seen WWE in any um, way, shape, or form, and any even in their Triple um, A affiliate or or Double A affiliate, whatever you want to call it. Like those, those, that was the second best match they put on. Simon, yeah, definitely got to talk, got to watch that. But back to the topic of SummerSlam. What, what did you think about the WWE title match, Simon? Because that, that, that's what I want to hear, Simon. Let, 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 these, let these motherfuckers feel it. First things first. It goes without saying that this man should have never been the champion to begin with. No, in, There have been no indications of success to, to warrant him being a world champion. No improved ratings. No improved business in India. No improved network subscriptions. No, I don't even think I've seen people in this in the audience wear his shirt. The only people who cheer for this dude either are desperate for anything different or trolls. <laughs> and then when I saw this, everybody, all roles in this match, anybody with half a brain would think, okay, this championship reign clearly isn't working. Yeah, the tour in India will, he'll still be a star, but we don't need him to hold the title. We've kind of done what we... There's nothing much more we can do. Doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter who he beats. No one's ever going to look at him differently. Put the t- title on someone else. Let's forget this ever happened. Oh no, they double down, and they have Jinder Mahal be one of three people to pin Shinsuke Nakamura on pay per view. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Bobby like... Roode. Yep. Samoa Joe. Jinder fucking Mahal. <laughs> One of those is not like the other two. Uh, give me one sec, Simon. James wants to jump in. Yeah, speaking of that, as far as you just saying about how uh, this guy's not over and, and everything, uh, I have a question for you, Simon. When What was the last good babyface uh, title reign, that, a, a major title reign, whether it was the Universal title or the WWE title that you, that you remember? You're on, Simon. Uh, by default, because I can't really think of anyone that stick out. I guess Dean Ambrose's championship reign last year was okay. Okay, 
Friday, um, James, you're on. Okay, can you hear me? Yep. <clears throat> okay, so Simon, the reason why you can't remember is because it's been so fucking long since there's been, there's been actually a good babyface title run in WWE. So, um, every so often, I, I think probably the last time we did this was WrestleMania time. So I updated it. So, since Daniel Bryan vacated the title on in June of 2014, uh-huh. uh, and, and also including uh, the days of title reigns from uh, the Universal title as well, we are now at a point where combined between those two titles, we have had a babyface champion for 330, I'm sorry, 344 days. On the hillside, though, we have had 1,473 days as heel, as top heel champions. Wow. Staggering. That's where we are now. Staggering. That's where we are now. So We're the NWA. That is, that is, 20, that is 23% of the days of baby faces have been uh, the top champion on either show or on just the show before the brand split. Also including that... Um, in the last calendar year, we have had seventeen main. Ev- we have had seventeen main events. Uh, I'm sorry, nineteen main events. Seventeen of them have been in the typical heel babyface dynamic. Rich, how many main events? I think I told you, but if you before I told you, how? What, I want you to guess. How many babyface wins would you think that we that we have had? I would say like less than three, like three at the most. You're right, because it's two. And you know who those two wins belong to? Goldberg. Bill Bill William Goldberg. Yes. <laughs> oh man. So there has not been in a in a baby versus a hill dynamic on a main event, we have not seen a single solitary main roster babyface win on pay-per-view, except for when Roman Reigns retired the Undertaker. And My that was a Facebook space feud. My God. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you saw what, what what it led to the next night, you know, as far as the, the amount of booing um, that has gone on. Yeah. And Roman, who's by the way, has not won a single pay-per-view match since then. He's the top <laughs> guy in the company. Unbelievable. Simon, any thoughts on that? <laughs> well, uh, I just I just uh, bought the uh, WCW book the other day, and <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm not even gonna say anything after that. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you calling the show, bro. All right, catch All right, you guys man. later. All right, man. Peace. Yep. Oh man, um, what what staggering numbers, James? I I, I you know um and and it, it somehow it's getting worse. Um, so, so so that kind of flies right in the face of, of everyone that says we need a good old school champ heel champion, right? Like I mean, if, if a heel champion is a, is what we isn't what we've been getting for for four, for three years now, I don't, I mean I don't know what the hell this is then because it, I mean we're in the middle of um if I remember correctly we're in the middle of a ninety eight day reign from uh from gender so like unbelievable I think I think by the end of Monday. It'll be at 100 days. Um, Which is longer than, like, and, Roman Reigns held the title, right? 
Yes, Roman Reigns had the belt for like 77 days after winning the title at WrestleMania 32. Uh, and Dean Ambrose had the, had the belt for 84 days, if I remember correctly, something like that. Like, he like he is close to 100 days. Like, guys, I don't know if you guys really remember this, but like, AJ Styles only had the belt for like 140 days, something like that. It was like four months, it felt like. Yeah, so, like, this is where we're headed now. We're headed to where he's probably going to end up with a longer title reign than than AJ Styles, who you know is a better heel than him. Shocker! Um, it's a, it's a, it's a really weird thing. I, I just don't understand it. Um, it hasn't helped. It hasn't helped their business. Um, I, I heard the podcast uh, that you were on with, with Chad and, and Dave, and Dave made a point of saying about he gets great heat. Well, the company. Um, I feel like that's the company's I heat. Would, I would like for I would like to understand like. Is in his mind, is there a difference between? I mean, he, we talked about this privately. He really didn't, you know. He really didn't say much to it other than saying like, "Yeah, he gets heat," and I brought it. Well, you know, like this is sort of like, you know, the shameless thing all over again. Like we have, we're trying to build heat for uh, the payoff of whoever beats him is going to be so over huge from getting, the, you know, the release sudden relief of, you know, basically saving the belt because this guy's a quote unquote unworthy champion. Right. Well. Got Sheamus, how did that work out for Roman Reigns? Oh, he still gets booed. Okay. <laughs> okay. What? We'll works. What do we see the end like, game for this? Like, is it going to come to a point where AJ Styles is enough of the United States champion in the real champion where they have to come back together essentially and be like, yeah, I'm the real champion here, belt versus belt, and AJ Styles ends, ends up being the one to beat him like around the Royal Rumble or something? Do you think that's where we're headed with this? Because I feel like the longer the AJ, AJ Styles holds that U.S. title, it's like y'all, they know at the same time they're trying to pacify people by putting the belt, putting a belt on AJ Styles to really keep him away from gender. But I feel like at a certain point, the demand is just going to grow. Like, yo, we're sick of seeing AJ Styles having to fight these feuds where y'all clearly are putting shackles on him. I mean, yeah, I, what I would say is, like, I, I would like AJ to, like, get as far as away from Shane and uh, and Kevin Owens as much as possible. Or maybe not even necessarily Owens, but as far away from Shane as possible. Um, like, I, I think I said to you on the podcast uh, last week that, you know, once Shane got inserted into uh, this feud, it finally felt like this was a big money feud because the promos were great. All the, all, the, all the stuff, and all the stuff was, you know, pretty simplistic and smart. And I mean simplistic in a good way. Like, easy to follow. It's, no, it's not a bunch of screwy stuff. I mean, as far as, like, the, the telling of the promo, as far as, like, getting over these guys really dislike each other. All three people dislike each other. Uh-huh. Um, or at least two people dislike uh, one dislike two people, and one guy is just, like, the, man, the middle manager trying to hold things in the, in the, in the road, hold it in the road, but, it, you know, things fell off the road. Um, and, and crash to a ditch at certain points. But um, now that we're done with that, like, we can actually get what we really want, which is the AJ Styles U.S. Open Challenge, which was teased like a month ago or more than a month ago. So You, you um, don't think we're going to get stuck with him having to carry a uh, buried Corbin? Maybe, but, but, you know, worst case scenario, I mean, do you think it's actually going to really be a feud? Uh, I mean, it, it looks like it. 
What if he just beats him in like in the next week and that's the end of it? I mean, I'd be down with that. I mean, I will say this: out of anybody that's ever like had any good matches with Corbin, like it seems that, it seems to actually be AJ. Like AJ's had a few of them. Like granted, some of them were uh, triple threat matches, but I think Corbin could do well in the uh, big guy versus small guy d- dynamic of matches. And you know, AJ is you know just the king is one of the um, best guys at that. Um, so uh, I, I think the promos will suck because Corbin's not a good promo, but um, I don't think you necessarily have to do that. And, you know, we are, what, like six weeks away from the next SmackDown pay-per-view? It is, yes, in the beginning of October. Okay, so maybe this is a TV thing until they get on to, you know, what they really want to do to sell the next pay-per-view. Yeah, man. Um so as far as um, SummerSlam, like any any final thoughts on like, you know, the main event because I feel like Braun Strowman kind of became a star uh, that night, and Braun Strowman officially has the juice. I uh, wrote a column yeah. about it, and um, he pretty much has announced that he's the guy that he could be the guy that they're actually looking for, and Roman Reigns might end up being the guy that creates the next guy. Well, I feel like we're already in that situation right now. Um, what I, up, I Joe? feel like as far as it, as far as being a guy that could actually, you know, Joe Saba commented, "Fook McGregor, wonderful." <laughs> <laughs> as far I think I think we've actually built strong into a place where he actually could be a guy that you know, given what we know about Vince, as far as uh, his p- particular particularities with uh top talent um i think that he could be i think that Braun could make a really solid you know stopgap type of um guy for the championship the issue is like given what's going on with on the other the ufc side with um your boy uh bones jones and whatever happens to putting his potential match with uh lesnar in limbo What's next for Brock? Um, and if it, you know, and if it leads to him being on pay-per-view in this match and you're, you're less concerned about, you know, trying to just get Brock to WrestleMania safe and sound and so he can, you know, give his his uh, transitive uh, heat over to, to Roman once and for all, like, maybe you should actually, like, look at this guy who's sitting right in front of you and is over like Rover and, you know, could actually be a, a, a like, the new Brock. Yeah. You know, once Brock is done in, you know, six, seven months with the company, if if he is, in fact, done. And, it, 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 you know, and it draws a lot of parallels to what happened when they set these, set up um, the whole twice-in-a-lifetime thing and they had to make sure that they had to turn... Uh, CM Punk heel at WrestleMania. I'm sorry, at Raw 1000, so that he can drop the belt at Royal Rumble, and like it did uh, irrevocable damage to to Ryback. Like you don't, you know, and it's do you want to run the risk of having history repeat itself? Like, granted, I don't think they're gonna. Um, I don't think that they're gonna do a <laughs> a, a dirty rough low blow roll up deal. Uh, but, or a kick in the dick. I mean. Yeah, yeah, but you know, 
Heyman is involved still in this situation. Yeah, it looks like those guys are going to be facing off at no mercy. It's a big hoss fight, and you know, you know anything about me? I like fast, athletic wrestling. Uh, this is the opposite of that, and I'm still intrigued because those <laughs> those those big brolic motherfuckers. Like, I mean, yeah, like they there's something special there, and seeing Brock sell is just a, a thing of beauty. But um. Do do you want to continue? Do you do you want to light the B show fire on uh, B show on fire now, or do you want to like you know talk about Raw first? Uh, let's hold it off. Let's let's go to the, let's go to Raw. Okay. So Monday Night Raw, John Cena ended up making his debut and basically calling out Roman Reigns to preview something uh down down the line uh and then the Miz comes in and does it once again he basically comes in there and just tells the truth on these guys and and pretty much says what the, what all the fans are, are thinking and he gets real fired up James what did you make of this performance out of the Miz and then also the John Cena Roman Reigns situation um I think that for one one thing Miz was still hot about the pre-show being basically in like the the halftime heat at the arena match, basically. Oh, we uh, actually got some comments. One sec, James. Uh, Simon said, I mean, they cemented Braun's place with his wins and attacks on Reigns. Joe adds, Braun has been the most credible threat to Brock. Both Samojo and Braun have been fantastic uh, these last three months. Simon says, Braun's about to give Brock that work. Joe Salva basically says, light smack down on fire. And then The Miz got his notes off of Shoot Saturday. So all y'all that participate in Shoot <laughs> Saturday, uh, keep doing so. Uh, go ahead, James. Yeah, so I, I think that he had a list of grievances, and I thought they were all... Uh, Miz had his moment, Mania 27 yeah. from Andre. I, I feel like this guy's a whole nother guy uh, than the WrestleMania 27 Miz, Miz was. Yeah, he completely is. Um I think that, uh, and also it wasn't an issue about, well, the way he said it was, when do I get my moment? And ultimately, you know, like his moment was about The Rock and Cena. It wasn't actually about him. Right. Um, where, but, but then he comes out like, you know, just hot, just face turning red. And you know me, when, when Miz is like indignant, furious, red, mad, like I always think of, um, Dax Shepard, and I can't remember the movie. Uh, can't, it's the movie with uh, where it's based like him, Dane Cook, and Jessica Simpson, and they're like a love tri- love interest triangle thing uh, at like essentially like a Costco Sam's Club type of deal. And basically, he's he's pretty much Dax Shepard screaming out out of his, out of his car and it gets uh, beat up and vandalized. And he screams. This is an eighty-one Honda. How dare you? Like he's that man. <laughs> he's furious. So. So, but he made he made I mean as a heel healing he he made some very very uh rounded points. He's like, how many moments do YouTube jack wagons get? I I want my moment. Um, and you know he goes on and says a few other things. I thought I thought that was I thought it was really really good, and the crowd obviously loved it because he's taking shots at the two guys that you know they hate. Um, yeah, two, I'm, uh. For lack of a better word, yeah, I'll say hate. But two guys that you know, they got they're, chanted, they're not you all both the way suck. over in the, in the, as as baby faces. I'll put it. To, I'll put it like that. They got chanted, uh, "You both suck at them," 
And yes, and that was before Miz came out. Yes, that was before Miz came out. Um, that can't be the reaction that WWE was hoping that would happen. Um, they nope. just kind of just got to it out of nowhere. I, I feel like it could have been set up in a different way rather than just Cena basically issue a challenge. It's like, bro, like, you just got here. Just show up and then maybe they can run into each other backstage. Like, I don't know. Like, did, it, what, it was, what did you think of that? It, it was weird for Cena to show up with the mic and say, I'm here because I want to talk to one guy. And then Roman shows up and says, you know, like almost... Almost, almost like, uh, like holla back girl. It's like I heard, I heard that you was talking shit. Like you know, like, it's just weird. Um, like you like, yeah, you, you see, you run your mouth on the internet. It's like, well, he did just call you out and was like literally in the ring, and then you came out to go see him. So how much can you say is him talking? Is he he was talking shit on the internet now? Like punch him in the face, Roman. Just punch him in the face. Got a question from uh, Joe. He says, with Miz's promo and the crowd cheering, does that make the crowd heels? I the crowd is the crowds are always heels, so I mean that what what difference does that make? <laughs> I, I would it's say varying degrees of heel, but I, there are, the crowd is always heel. I would just say that, these days. I would just say the crowd resonated with uh the Miz's uh version of the truth. Uh, because we we've all seen Miz do all this phenomenal work in the past year, and we've seen him get fucking sh- uh, like just murdered at WrestleMania, and then we saw him get left off of SummerSlam, and it's just like wow, all this great work, and this dude just like gets no no like kind of, you know he elevated the Intercontinental Title to arguably a main event level last year, and largely on his own like he took off on Dan Bryan and then he basically made Dolph Ziggler because the second you got Ziggler away from him Ziggler went in the toilet and he's looking to renew he had to turn heel and then he's you know his whole gimmick pretty much died you know via Kinshasa and then he has to come back doing some other shit now and Miz is still Miz you can put him out there at any time now and he's going to continue to prove why he's going to go down as the greatest intercontinental champion of all time and the one issue that, I mean, they were doing this even back when they were trying to get over the women's revolution and it, you know, um, and it, it, that, that whole thing turned into a disaster that, that Miz TV episode. But after Miz's, you know, successful run in the SmackDown live, uh, they moved him to raw and he was upper mid card guy on SmackDown. They moved him to raw and like, they say, Oh yeah, great. You're here. Can you like, can you basically take out the trash for us? Can you like, can you fix this flat tire for us? They basically have saddled him with all of these really, really like chores of of like angles to get over. Like, oh, okay, um, you know, you, you need some more heaters besides just your wife. So we'll give you two of the biggest geeks we have on the, on the main roster. We'll give we'll give you the axe the axe man and Bray oh. Wyatt's little brother. Yeah, that's that's yeah, it's really bad. And uh, and then you know. He he starts out with the Ambrose thing, and then he's like trying to do the Jason Jordan thing, and now like because I guess because they didn't want uh, John Cena to absolutely eviscerate Roman Reigns or just do it yet, they brought him out there to basically you know be the mouthpiece uh, for the fans, you know apathy towards their matchup, and you know I thought personally that 
Cena versus Roman Reigns should be next year's WrestleMania main event. Right. But after seeing that reaction, I sort of think like seeing that, you know, they've turned all of these uh, big four pay-per-views into Russell, essentially WrestleMania weekends, except just without access. Like you're going to see what the, you're going to, you're going to come out and test out what the crowd, what the, these hardcore fans spend thousands of dollars uh, to come to these destination weekends you're going to see like what they want and what they don't want, and you're going to see it on a pretty, you know, on almost like a season seasonal basis. So It'll seeing them out clear. there and immediately get um, you both suck, I think you know that might be like, oh, never mind, you know, you know, go, we were thinking about switching to Roman versus Cena, but no, nah, we're going straight ahead with Brock versus Cena because Brock will get at least cheered at least. Yeah, um, and I and I don't think that's necessarily something to fault the fans over. It, it, like obviously, the fans will tell you. They, like, we give you the answers all the time, WWE, all the time. And yep. the fact that they want to just push their own, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, their own plans. plans, you know. And then when they, those type of reactions happen, like, it's supposed to be the fans' fault? Nah, fuck that. Like, <laughs> um... So yeah, man, we, we've, 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 we've bullshitted around enough. Uh, James, SmackDown... As a staff, a record label, and as a fucking crew, is an absolute disaster, fire pit. I I, I want to ask I want to ask you something. Yeah. Okay. So, throughout the history of mankind, there have been many great unsolvable mysteries. How are the pyramids built? Are we the only sentient beings in the universe? What's the meaning of life? Did the singer Lloyd say that she was fine two or five two? Bro, I gotta ask, what the hell has happened to SmackDown and why has it gotten so bad like this soundly? I don't understand. I don't get it. Like, this was the better show before WrestleMania. And like in four months, like, um, they've met they've ruined their, their championship belt. Right? I hate saying he did it in four months. They did it the second they put it on Bray White. Right. That was February. So since February, they 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 ruined their their pay per view their main event um, scene. Um, John Cena leaves for absolutely nothing. They got no compensation for for that. If I do the two competing brands, just leaves whatever, just deuces. I'm out. Well, done done it all. Left. <laughs> right. I'm you know on to, on on to bigger and better things like John Cena's future endeavor SDL. Uh, the top guy, the top guy on that brand, is in the is in the uh, is the champion for the B paper or the B belt. Uh, the you know when they did the superstar shakeup, one of the biggest gets for SmackDown was Charlotte, and they've done literally nothing with her. She is you know Sasha and Charlotte uh, became legitimate stars in the company. Like you can main event them in reviews. I've seen them do it with my own two eyes. Yeah. They've done it before. Legit main eventers. They made evented Raws before together. They moved Charlotte to SmackDown and they done nothing with her. She like nothing. Like she has she hasn't had a title match yet? I think she had one the original one when she was still heel and then all of them jumped on her and pretty much it was a DQ from there and then she, you know, moved into that, oh I guess she's a face now because some heels beat her up. Yeah. Just at just passive a passive turning of character. Yeah, uh, it, it's just it's really weird. Um, Luke Harper, nowhere to be found. Uh, 
we just we just you know we just found Dolph Ziggler where the hell he's been the past been few, uh, weeks. I, it, uh, Mike Mike and Canellas are they already have they already been fired? I, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura they've absolutely uh, you they they've sapped all of his aura and and everything else and turned him into a guy with an entrance and and not allowed him to display his full you know range of skills. Um, Baron Corbin, you make him the money in the bank winner. You take the briefcase off of him because, because he's, he was clearly the wrong guy to go with. Sami Zayn, nowhere to be found, uh, who can have a great match with anyone at any oh, time. No, he, he, he was found this week. Oh, in catering. Brought up, brought, dude, what do we always talk about? Like how, how We always generally talk about, when we talk about certain things that, that, are, that seem like glaring mistakes, and we talk about all the stuff old promoters and old bookers would tell you is bad business. And like you, you look through the history and obviously there are exceptions to rules. You can buck the trend of history, give it a time change, but you look at that one and you say, Oh, okay. So this hill just shot down this baby face and it was with truth. I wonder how that's going to play out for him. Right. And who the hell knows if we'll be see when next time we'll see Sami Zayn because you say, oh yeah, I know you're not really doing anything. How about you come, uh, you come rough my match, even though you know I've done nothing but betray you for the last like two years. Yeah, just 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 foolish, bro. Uh, what else we got on here? We got Rusev, you know, who who could be a main eventer in his own uh, life. What do you do? You beat him in nine seconds at SummerSlam. Um, Ty Dillinger ridiculously over mid card act in NXT shows up. The crowd goes ape shit. What do you do? You take him off a of TV for two fucking months and make him a geek. <laughs> yep. Hey, Rich. Yeah. Hey, Rich. So, can you do me a favor? Can you count up all of the matches that SmackDown had on uh, on SummerSlam sure. last week? G- give me a second. In- let me uh, let me pull up the card. Because if, if I remember correctly, you have the New Day match in the pre-show. Oh, we're gonna get to that. Uh, you had uh, the 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 opening match with John Cena. Yeah. Uh, you had the women's Raw match. Or, I'm sorry, the women's SmackDown match to, uh, for the belt. Uh, you had uh, the uh, the that joke of a, a squash match between um, Randy Orton and, and Ray, Ray Orton. Yep. And then you got and AJ then, Styles, and then you had Kevin the Nakamura Owens versus uh, the Gen- champion Jinder Mahal match. Right? Is that five? So, or is there another one I'm missing? Looks like we got Cena Corbin, Naomi, Natalia, Rusev, Orton, uh, Styles Owens, and Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Styles Owens. That's the one I forgot. Okay. So, uh, your most over babyface tag team were champions. They lose. They just give the belts right back after winning a month ago. Uh, Naomi... Uh, Babyface champion loses to uh, like the what the third fourth best heel in the in the women's uh, roster as far as a total package. She's clearly one of the best wrestler, maybe even the best technical wrestler they have. But as far as being over, she's what like the third fourth most over yeah, heel. She's not over on, like on the that. women's roster. Yeah, SmackDown. Okay, uh, you have Jinder Mahal beat Shinsuke Nakamura, the guy that you know got the, the biggest pop the entire WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Um. So pretty much what we're left with is everybody lost. Every single, or sorry, 
the only baby faces that won were John Cena, who was leaving, leaving the territory, literally leaving the territory, yes. like a, like a thief, like a thief in the night, like Billy, like um, not Billy Idol, uh, Austin Idol. Idol. Oh, Austin Idol. Yes, like Austin like, like Idol after he cashed in that that fake check and, and, and moved <laughs> to the next territory, skipping town. Uh, Randy Orton, who beat Rusev because they needed to be on the match because Randy Orton, of course. Uh, who, by the way, remember I want to say like three or four years ago, we were like, wow, Randy Orton might be shaping up as like the Poppy's like succeed Bret Hart as Mr. SummerSlam. Yep. Well, that's over with. Yeah. <laughs> Foolish. That's over with, given, given his last two years. Um, and then we, and then, uh, AJ Styles wins because Shane McMahon. Yeah. Uh, That's what we are. A couple comments from from Joe. He says, they booked Becky like Sami Zayn, L after L. They nutted Nakamura. Natty winning was both good and bad. Shane Shane refereeing uh, fucking Owens and Styles, like, was just awful. Um, I would love to know, I would love to know, like, pro and cons is for me because I don't really see it. What, because maybe I just lack in the vision for this. What is the pro for Natty winning the belt other than the fact that she won it and she quote unquote deserves it? It's like a lifetime achievement, thank you, kind of to her. I, w- I would say, and she's gotten pop. So, she's, she's gotten so, popular so on she Total Divas. It. Yeah, cool. She's popular with the Total Divas audience. Isn't John Laurinaitis on that show as well? That's Total Bellas. Bring him back. Oh, Total Bellas. Okay, that's Total Sorry. Bellas. He's on. He's not on Total Divas. Um, All right. Well. Is, it, is Stephanie still on Total Divas? Like, telling the woman what to do? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I haven't watched it. All right, well, like, that's the case. And we need to bring Renee Young out here to wrestle then and become champion, too, because she said she's on the show. Yeah. So, uh, how about this? You know who was on the show and we haven't seen for over a year now? Who? Paige. <laughs> you going to bring her back, too? She's on Raw, I believe. Um, so, yeah, what... what speaking of that tag team feud, which is probably the, you know, you got the two best tag teams of the decade going at it. Traditional tag teams, that is. And these guys get bumped to the pre-show. Absolutely inexcusable. Um, If you you look at, you bring out Bobby Roode, you debut him against Aiden English, and he goes back and forth with him. Whatever. I, I, I feel like you could introduce Bobby Roode as the guy that answered the uh, AJ Styles Open Challenge, and you're off and running from there. And that's a hot program. Um, Kevin Owens <clears throat> has gotten significantly weaker, I feel like, uh, but he's going to get a chance to move into more of a gimmick storyline, like with Shane that hopefully leads him to a Hell in a Cell match that, you know, he gets to... Because this, this is like the first time Kevin Owens has just been without a belt for uh, it, what it looks like to be the foreseeable future um, yeah. in a long time. Uh, you got Shelton Benjamin and, and Chad Gable teaming up. I guess eventually that, that nostalgia of Shelton Benjamin, I feel like, will wear off, and we will be left with questions of what could have been with Chad Gable's the, the singles wrestler, uh, what they could have gotten out of him. Uh, you got Fondango and uh, Tyler Breeze. In, in their deal with the backstage with the cops, they have done their best with their material, but it seems like to be it's leading nowhere, uh, anywhere fast. Mojo Raleigh has been absolutely, uh, he wins the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and disappears for months. You don't do anything with that guy. 
<laughs> you can just keep going throughout this whole roster and just the hillside. The, I was thinking about this the other day. The hillside of SmackDown is so bad right now, so bad. Right? You have you have your your top your top heel in 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 kayfabe the General Mahal. Need I say more? Uh, your number two heel is Kevin Owens, who basically is about to like feud with the boss. Cool. Yeah. Um. The Money in the Bank winner is a person that's not that that you know is not ready as far as like when the once the bell rings. Uh, the champ, the, the top female champion, is a heel who's not actually like really actually over against crowd reaction. People just like her, and that's another thing that's going against her. The fact that like the only time she was ever successful as a heel was when she was like just the meanest person, just jumping out on people left and right. She's not doing that. She's just na- she's just there. She's like, just she natty. may as well be a face now. She's just um, natty. Uh, oh, she's com- there like Kate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Got and a then Corbin, for- okay. Corbin is just a waste of, of space. He's just he's just a waste of height. Um, like, you know, like really, if you ask me, like, what if you say, James, what's the best act going right now on SmackDown on the Hill side? It's the Usos. By right far. Right now. By or far. Or actually, I say that back. It's still Kevin Owens, but number two will be, be the Usos. I feel like the Usos are better him than him. They're they're better on the mic. Like, just what they're asked to do, like, they're hitting it way harder than he is. Except, they're you know, they're just not getting the reps. Um, I, and the I, matches they've been in. Say, what I would say to that is, in the ring, yes. On the mic, no. Like, the last two weeks that they did of TV, that they, or last three weeks of TV that they've done with Kevin Owens, I've really enjoyed. I've really enjoyed it. So, I'm not really prepared to go there. And also, like, I've seen that. I saw that dude. I've seen this dude for, like, two, three years now. Like, I know what that dude still brings to the table. Right. I'm just ain't using it. Y'all are misutilizing this man. Right. Um, the Usos uh, have been absolutely phenomenal. A revelation to the tag team division. Yes. Uh, but SmackDown as a staff, record label, and as a crew, uh, y'all are a dumpster fire. Y'all suck. Y'all have murdered yourselves since WrestleMania. You have tried to yeah. break in. To, you've murdered your championships. You have made yeah. all of them, like, you got them on all the wrong guys. You've inverted your card. You, you have AJ yeah. Styles looking like a, a, a regular guy, which he never looked yep. like at any point last year. You have Randy Orton looking like he doesn't fit in anymore. Like, I don't know what he does next. Like, you could make that guy the top heel. You, you could do that. Yeah. But, um... Or, or better yet, like, and then, like, you know, you had John Cena. John Cena's like, fuck this, I'm, I'm jumping off this single ship. This yes. is a dumpster fire. Yes. The- um... Lana was an absolute disaster as a wrestler. Um, oh, another thing about the tag team division, right? Yeah. So now that the Usos are champions again, I'm assuming that they're going to have, have like a final match between the uh, with the New Day, and if the Usos could cont- uh, retain and move on to uh, you know Breezango or move on to let's say even uh, the New American Alpha. Yeah. Where does that leave the New Day? There's no. There's like going to fight the Ascension. There's nothing to do. Uh, nothing to do, James. Uh, I mean, you could put the New Day in with, you know, whoever comes out on top with this Nakamura and gender feud, I guess is going to continue. You could you could give a New Day member a shot there. Um, I doubt it that they're going to do that. Uh, Bobby Roode, I don't know what type of feud he has in sight. Looking at the heel roster right now. Uh, looks like U- Rusev and Orton should probably continue. Um, 
aside from that, it gets real slim. Like Kevin Owens would have been a nice, you know, place for Bobby Roode to begin. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, maybe yeah, Bobby yeah. Roode can, can, maybe that's where they go with it. Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Um, but yeah, Ziggler needs to just, uh, wrap it up, bro. Should he should retire? Yes. Quit. <laughs> like, what's the point of taking all these bumps on the road off TV? Bro, quit. Bro, and everybody giving this new gimmick, and he's going to just look like a complainer and a whiner and a joke. But his gimmick is like, like I like, should I dress? Should I dress, dance, or act like a jackass to get a to get a push around this around this freaking establishment? Or maybe I should like, or maybe my talent already warrants like what what I had once and have lost and never got back. Which is like ultimately that's compelling, but like that's more like. I don't know how the part is going to take you, right? Like, maybe you know, maybe hopefully fingers both fingers or both sets of fingers crossed. Maybe that means we finally get this Sami Zayn, uh, Dolph Ziggler feud. Maybe, maybe, maybe that would intrigue me. But they don't let good wrestlers wrestle good wrestlers, James. You have to remember this this year in 2017. They don't they don't put on any of the matches that we actually want to see. You get AJ Styles and and Kevin Owens with Shane McMahon handcuffed to him. You get John Cena versus Baron Corbin at at a big show. You get Shinsuke Nakamura against Jinder Mahal at a big show. All these guys are just going from one you know one great guy match with a dude that that has no business in. The ring with him over and okay, so over and over and over again and it shows in the product so um you you uh i was gonna save this for uh for this podcast or if we actually did a uh, a regular one nation radio um during the, during the weekday but we didn't uh but uh, you end up i was sending it out to you guys just, just to look at because i you know i tend to pull out apparently I'm, I'm now on this thing where i pull out staggering stats for like wwe's like general malaise yep. or lack of like vision. Uh, but you used it, uh, but you mentioned it, uh, on the podcast with Chad and, <clears throat> and also with, uh, Dave and I've updated it now. So, so far this year, now that we're past SummerSlam, um, we have had, uh, according to Dave Meltzer's rankings and they are, and they're not the end all to be all, but they are like a pretty good baseline to, you know, uh, a, a pretty good reference to look at what to up, be Caleb? able to see, like, if you want to cherry pick, like, the best matches of certain years, whatever. Um, anyway, so so far this year, now that we're past SummerSlam, we've had eleven uh, four star matches uh, in, on WWE's main roster. Uh, last year at this time, we had eighteen. Uh, it's in last in this year, we've had. As far as single matches go, we've had only five singles matches that have been rated four stars or better. Last year, uh, we had 11 at this point. 11. We have been, like, and it's so weird because all the same guys are back, right? Like, so why are these guys underperforming? And you look around and you see the booking decisions for how the finishes of some of these matches, and or a lot of these matches, you're just like, oh my gosh, this is... I mean, this isn't necessarily uh, Raw in 98 where, like, every or more than every other match is a run-in for a fuck finish. Yeah. But we're at a point now where, like, you, like, you're just like, all right, what do you what do you want to see in this match? It's a clean finish. <laughs> It'd be nice. Just, 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 some, just someone's, just someone's uh, shoulders be pinned to the mat for three seconds or someone to tap out. Unbelievable, man. Um, 
yeah, they've taken a huge back step. Um, what do you think of this beach ball shit, James? Oh, God. All right, so when it first happened with Cesaro calling out there and uh, ripping the beach ball, or jumping over the barricade, sprinting out, and then grabbing the beach ball and coming back over and ripping it into pieces, I thought it was a work. Why? Because Kevin Dunn and the video production crew has been so bad over the years of being able to keep up with their, the actual planned action they know is going to happen, and they miss spots in, in camera angles that are weird and misplaced all the time. So for me to expect them in the middle of a match to follow a guy who is not like actively on the on in the ring and involved in the action to follow that and then get a great camera shot of him ripping up the beach ball and getting a pop from the crowd you know, family saying you're not going to fuck my match over. I thought that it was, I just did not trust that they, you know, that they were smart enough to follow that action. Turns out it was actually a spontaneous thing. Um, now, the move to move on to the beach ball thing is we're now, we're, we're now going to be witness now. This is going to be the new what? This is going to be the new yes chant. This is going to be like fandangling for the time it was. Like, we're going to be stuck with beach balls for a long time now. Yeah. I believe. Fluke, like, fluke yeah, I don't, the I'm not saying it's going to happen every single week. Joe says. Where it just basically interrupts the match. But we're going to be a point where, like, you start having these four-day weekends and you want everything to be WrestleMania, uh, effectively a WrestleMania weekend where people just spend, you know, buy four tickets to each, to all four nights. It's what you're going to get. You're going to get people that show up for NXT, get blown away, come to the main roster pay-per-view and be like, half of it was good, half of it wasn't so good. Come to Raw and SmackDown the next days after the days after that, the following days, and you know expect to see something great. And then when they put on a match no one wants to see, they're just going to crap on the match and revolt on it. That's how you get waves. That's how you get Beach Ball City. That's where we're at now. And you, you want to cash out? Well, it's too much. The consequences of cashing out. Your TV's going to suffer. Yeah, it's just too much. Um... Uh, looks like we got a comment from Joe. It says, can Roman Reigns work a match that isn't a gimmick or that isn't a multi-man match? His singles matches with no gimmicks haven't really been that good. Um, I would say the yeah. Fastlane match with Strowman was pretty good. Uh, yep. The, I guess he, he, that wouldn't qualify, the ambulance match. But um, the, the payback match they had was, was pretty entertaining. But... I, I don't know if he's speaking to more of the um, uh, just the, the simplicity that is being shown in some of the Ro- Roman matches late as of late. Like, he has a couple things uh-huh. that he does well, and he kind of just sticks to that. But I feel like he's... Um, it's all about who's in there with him. And he's, he's shown that he can, he can work <clears throat> great with a big stiff, or what we thought was a stiff, <laughs> in Braun Strowman. And he... He's really one of the b- best big match like main eventers that we've ever had. Yeah, he absolutely is. I would um, I would say, Joe. Yeah, he absolutely is. On pay per view, he has one of the best pay per view like um, average star ratings. Uh, I, I look at it like his star rating is like Shawn Michaels level mm-hmm. for pay per view. Uh-huh. Like average star rating, like it was shocking. I, I was I had to like look at it twice to make sure I wasn't losing my mind. Um, which is saying a lot because you know, obviously you know Sean wrestled a lot of a lot of you know Bums. a lot of diesels a lot a lot <laughs> of sin viciouses you know or shit or cycle sids 
uh, at the beginning of his career and, you know, and he can carry guys, but um, he's also in a lot of goofy stuff as well, like Spirit Squad matches and matches with Shane and, and Chris Vince. Masters. But, yeah. Yeah, shit like yeah. that. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, but anyway, back to, back to uh, Roman, like, yeah, it's it's been a weird thing, and, like, but this is, this is, I see what he's saying, but for me, it's like, I've seen enough matches with him, whether it was with Seth at last year's Battleground, or or the AJ Styles feud last year, or, um, or for example, like, like you said, the Braun stuff that just, like, I know he can do good singles matches if he, in, the, in the main event when he needs to. Right. The issue is, like, because of where we are now where he's either fighting Brock or Braun or Samoa Joe or not, not I, would, I would exclude Samoa Joe with this is he's fighting these guys that like they can't get over a match unless they have gimmickry around them like Brock what this is what the second time Brock has been a multi-man match in the last what uh three years where like he only has so many appearances but like that was the second time being put on a stretcher in a multi-man match right and he basically is out not doing shit, and then he comes back at the end. Uh, and WWE has, you know, with the, with with in a way of protecting Braun is Braun. Pretty much, I said to you, like every match of Braun is on pay per view should be under quote unquote Braun's rules, like Raven's rules. <laughs> like every like every match should have some type of stipulation where he could do comic book comic book type shit and just go nuts. Got a and, question. And, and his matches are getting over because he's doing ridiculously crazy stuff. He's putting Brock, he's putting Brock Lesnar through tables and then like pretending that the, the third table is like a thousand pounds and then flipping it over on Brock's knees and like Heyman is screaming, crying, thinking that like Brock will never walk again. Uh, we got a question from Nick Guerrero. What's up, Nick? Uh, he said, uh, "Who do you guys think AJ will drop the U.S. title to, and do you think Corbin will rebound and ever be champion?" Um, I'll can I take answer number two first. Yeah, we can answer number two first. Uh, do you want to start? Do you? Okay, so I, the answer is fuck no. He's done. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then uh, so it was number one again. Um, uh, so who who do we think AJ will drop the U.S. title to? Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not sure if you were tuned in, Nick. Uh, I I I think it could be a situation where AJ pretty much cleans out the mid card, and it's like. Everyone is kind of clamoring for him to be the, the real champion, like he is. And it comes to a point where it's title versus title, and you could run it like that. If that's not the case, looking up and down the card, I think a good guy would be um, like Bobby Roode, possibly, or maybe even Sami Zayn. You know, you, you run a face versus face, and you just let one guy, two guys, go out there and be incredible. WWE would would just have to just let that, that actually happen. James, what you think? I think it's got to be Bobby Roode, unless it's going to be somebody like the only person I can see over, over the horizon. I mean, well, there are th- two people I can see over the horizon, but one's not going to get it because she's a woman. Um, but like, I mean, I, yeah, it have to be somebody that that will come over over during the uh, next superstar shakeup in a couple of weeks, or Bobby Roode or Oscar. They're not going to let Oscar uh, beat AJ Styles, so <laughs> so we're stuck with the lesser of two of, of all three options. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to add about Baron Corbin. There's always a chance because, you know, he's tall and 
as James alluded to, that heel side is really thin. And if it stays this way and he stays on SmackDown, eventually he might just backdoor his way into a championship uh, at some point in his career, especially if it stays with the split brand thing. But I wouldn't like clamor to put the title on him just because I feel like the ceiling is, is pretty much the same height as it is with Jinder Mahal as the champion. You're not going to get great talking segments. The matches will be hit or miss. Uh, with Corbin, you might get a little bit better in the matches because he, he, you know, he can do a little bit more. But I'm not one for world champions that don't impress me. Like, even if, you know, you hate a guy you can still be impressed by him. Like, we could still all realize Triple H was a really good wrestler while hating his fucking guts. Like, <laughs> in 2000, in 2003, and, and, and things of that nature, uh, Randy Orton... Well, I, I think that's different because there was, like, this, these people called The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin that were, like, the top guys, and, like, the top guys we like of our, of our entire lifetimes that were there. Uh, and and Triple H was in the like got the title in favor of those guys. Like there ain't no walking off in this situation. So like yeah, I mean, but in like, this the, situation, the ceiling is, is is far reduced. In, in this situation, it would be like Nakamura and AJ Styles. Like, it's like you you the best of your talent and literally all time guys, Hall of Famers in their own right. And this motherfucker or these motherfuckers have have the uh, the championships and the briefcases. Like what are y'all doing? Like. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I think that might be a good place to, to wrap it up. James, you want to add anything before we get up out of here today, man? Yeah. So, uh, congratulations to Dean Ambrose. Um, he is now a Grand Slam uh, winner. Yes, sir. I, I don't know how many. I don't think. I think what the last guy was, what, Daniel Bryan, maybe? Might have been. Yep. Yeah, so uh, congratulations to him. Uh, I guess that'll be the only thing we get to celebrate over his career, like five years from now, when like I don't know after Ambrose after after Roman, you know, main events the next five WrestleManias, and and I guess probably I'm guessing Rollins will get another title shot, so it's or, or title reign at some point. But I'm I'm pretty sure they're they're done with Ambrose. Yeah, it sucks, but yeah, um... but. Hall of Famer still, right? He'll probably be a two-time Hall of Famer. They'll put the shield in and they'll put him in individually. Yeah. Um, Huzzah! Yep, yep. Um, Make sure you guys check out the um, SMC podcast. All right, Joe, uh, thanks for listening in Australia. He said it's 3.46 a.m. and He should sleep and he was listening to us. Yeah, man. (laughs) Like, it's going to be in the archive. We appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, Make sure you guys check out the uh, SMC podcast, which debuted this week uh, with a SummerSlam review. It is a really long show. Just a a heads up. Uh, Make sure you guys, you know, like the one we did with Dave and Chad. Listen to it in pieces and you can break it up and digest it a little bit more. Uh, shots up to is those. that long? Yeah, yeah. They, they they came out guns blazing in the beginning. So um, we um, also make sure you guys check out socialsuplex.com. I've been, you know, keeping up the furious writing pace that I've been on the last couple months. We're on the 21st edition of Lattice Lariat. So uh, hopefully by the end of next month, we'll we'll get up to 30 and, you know, maybe put an ebook together or something to all these things. So, um uh, I've got a show this week uh, at the uh, Crowbar, and it's a wrestling-themed party. Uh, it is a... <laughs> Nick said it's the WrestleMania 32 of podcasts. Uh, <laughs> Roman Mania, brother. Oh, wow. um, they, um, 
oh yeah, I, I have a performance. I'll be, I'm going to perform one of my wrestling songs, uh, my Ric Flair track. So if you haven't heard it, uh, you can type it in on YouTube, Rich Ladder, Ric Flair, it'll pop up. Uh, I think I'm going to perform that, you know, in spirit. I'm also going to come, apparently you're supposed to have interest music. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ha- hit the Undertaker bell and then I'm going to break into Kenny Omega's music and walk my ass up to the stage and, and do what I do. Uh, I'll be having some video of that. So maybe we can get it to Omega and have him, have him take a look at it. Um, what else we got going on? I'm trying to think. Uh, every week, 12 o'clock here. Uh, One Nation Live. If you guys want to call in in the future, just call One Nation Radio on Skype. I promise I will get this setup worked out. Uh, as you know, we had a couple technical difficulties earlier. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, that was edited out. Uh, if you are on the live feed and you rejoined us, thank you very much. Shouts out to Simon and Josh for calling. Um, I think that's it. Uh, enjoy WWE uh, if you can. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of... The, the New Japan cards are just announced. I'm not sure of the specifics yet, but um, those are always good. So uh, make sure you guys check those out as well. And then uh, always come forward with One Nation Radio. Besides that, peace. Later.